All right. Well, at this time, it's my privilege to invite Nicole up to speak. Michelle and I have been on vacation. We're kind of still on vacation this week, and but we have Nicole, who's a wonderful speaker, who's going to share with us. So let's ask God's blessing upon her. Father, we ask your continued blessing upon Nicole, Lord, the words that she has, the encouragement, the truths, the challenges that you'll give us ears to hear with, eyes to see with, and hearts to comprehend these things. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessings. Well, good morning, everybody. Oh, that was a good, good morning. I won't make you do it again. I usually do, but that was good. Good job. All right. Well... I don't know if you guys know this about me, and I'm sure most of you probably do, but I love Facebook and Pinterest and all of that stuff. Like, I just really like it. It's part of my day. And one of the things that I do on Facebook is I make sure that my news feed is inundated with God's Word, so I follow a whole bunch of Christian authors and whatever. And um, I have a lot of friends who post a lot of good stuff, and there was one thing in particular that stood out to me in the last couple weeks, and I want to share it with you because it just kind of took me back for a moment. Um, And I'm sure this friend will know who she is when I read it because I shared it. But anyways, so um, it was a quote from a Christian author speaker, and I can't pronounce her last name, but it's Ann Voskamp. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Anyways, she said... What if God's primary intent for a marriage isn't to make you happy but holy? Gary writes how our marriage is more than a sacred covenant with another person. It's a spiritual discipline designed to help you know God better, trust him more fully, and love him more deeply. And I read that, and I was like, like, I was like, whoa. Marriage isn't about me liking my husband? I really thought that's what that was about. Like, I meet him, I like him, we get married, we still like each other, we're happy, you know? But what if that was not God's intent for marriage? What if it was to make us holy? So, I'm still kind of digesting that. It kind of... It takes a while to soak some of that stuff in sometimes. And I figured, Lord, I want to know more about what you've got to say about this. So I went to my Bible. And I came across the scripture in Isaiah. And we're all going to turn there together right now. It's Isaiah 43, 7. Isaiah is in the Old Testament after Psalms and Proverbs, but not quite to Jeremiah. Isaiah 43, 43.7. And I'm actually going to start in 5. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I have formed and made. And we know that we were formed and made and created because of that scripture in Psalms. I was created in the innermost being. You formed me in my mother's womb, right? So he created me for his glory. That is my purpose. It's to... Bring him glory. What does that mean? Are you guys real clear on what that means, what for his glory means? 
I looked up the definition of glorify, and it's to describe or represent as admirable. So our job, we were created for the reason of representing God as admirable. And I was like, whoa, again, fireworks in my head. Like, this is really cool stuff, you know? So what does that look like? What should that look like? If I was created to represent God as admirable, what does that look like? Is that me being in my marriage saying, I'm happy, I'm happy? Is that bringing God glory or saying, I'm in this marriage to glorify God? Does that make sense? Are you with me on that, church? What does that look like? So I studied a little bit more, and I found a few other scriptures. Um, Because the revelation that I came from that was, if I'm living my life to represent God as admirable, I need to look different from things that are not representing God. I need to be set apart and separate from those things. So... There's a lot that God's word has to say about us being set apart and separate. And the first one I'm going to go to is 1 Peter 1.14. And I'm just going to read it to you, so if you want to hang out, that's okay. But he says, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Once you know the truth, you got to walk away from the stuff that isn't of God, and you need to come and make this choice to be obedient And I know that, like, Chris and I, we have two boys, and we talk to them a lot about, I know you heard me, but are you obeying? I know you listened, but are you obeying? And uh, obedience is a choice. We have to be like, I choose to not do what makes me happy and choose to do what represents you as holy, even though I really wanted that cookie. You know, like, you, you make the choice to not conform to your own desires, and you make the choice to be where God has called you to be. First John 2.15 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. Ooh. So my marriage, my life, more than just my marriage, needs to look different than what's going on in the world. Right? All right, Romans 12, 2. We're going to turn there together. That's in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Romans 12, 2. And this is a pretty, pretty familiar one for most of you, I think. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and Romans 12, Oh, I really need to get glasses, people. All right, it says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Thank you. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So that as we become Christians, we allow him to kind of get in there and clean out the old junk and our minds become new and we're able to live set apart as those set apart chosen people. God calls us not to love the world but to love him. And you know why we love him? 
Because he loves us. He loved us first. Amen. In Deuteronomy 14.2, I'm just going to read that. He says, For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. Out of all the peoples on the face of this earth, the Lord has chosen you to be his treasured possession. So if you have the knowledge that the Lord has chosen you, and you've chosen him because he loved you, you're his treasured possession. And in that point, it's our responsibility to make the obedient choice to live as such. Amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor say, you're his treasured possession. (laughs) Amen. You're his treasured possession. Hallelujah. So what does that look like? Let's take a moment. I threw it out on Facebook yesterday um, for people to give me five things that are priorities in their life. And a lot, a lot of people said, God, my husband or wife, my family, my dogs, my car, my job, my home, blah, blah, blah. So if those are the things that are important to us, and God obviously being the most important priority, how do things fall in line after that? Let's start. Let's start with marriages. Take a moment and think just to yourself. Don't answer it aloud. How am I living as God's treasured possession in my marriage? How am I living as God's treasured possession, bringing him glory, showing the world how great he is through my relationship with my mom or my dad or my brother? With finances, That's an important thing. Money is not a big important thing in our lives. How are we living as God's treasured possessions, bringing him glory by showing the world what it looks like to be set apart in our finances? Are we taking control of them and giving each dollar a name like Dave Ramsey says? How many has been through that Financial Peace University? Awesome. You know, he talks about you live crazy today to live like nobody else later. You live like no one else so you can live like no one else. And that's part of being set apart and being obedient. We talk about our needs versus our wants. And sometimes it's really hard to say no to that new car right away. But for us to be showing God's glory, we're living in a way that we can trust him to be our provider and that he can be faithful. Does that make sense? Y'all there? I know there have been plenty of times in my life where we've been like, God, we're trusting you. We are going to give all of the money in our bank account to the tithe because that's what it should be, our 10%. And we're trusting you. And that looks crazy to the world. That looks crazy. Craziness. But then that's a moment for God to shine his glorious faithfulness through us. And we can give that testimony to people. They will know how great our God is. We will, they will know that they can trust him and that he is faithful. And they will know that they are loved. And they will come along too. Does that make sense? Because our commandments are to love the Lord our God with everything we've got. And when we're living in that way, and other people are seeing that, and we are letting their love flow through us, God's love flow through us to them, then we're fulfilling the Great Commission. Go and tell the gospel and bring them back home, because I love them and I want them to be safe. Right? I'm challenging you today, church. I'm challenging you. What about... What about with our health? 
How are we living, glorifying God with the things that we're putting into our bodies or the things that we're doing with our bodies? Boom. That's a big one. I know, I know that I'm not there. I mean, look at me. But <laughs> I'm just saying, it's something to think about. If we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and God's Spirit lives in us, how are we glorifying the Lord by everything that we're doing in the area of our health? I challenge you to think about this today. What about your career? I know that one thing that has been super difficult for me, um, recently I just left a full-time job to be home with my boys more often. It has been a very big step of faith for us um, because I like to make sure that everything is safe and we've got money to pay the bills. We're going to have enough money to make sure that we can do this and this. I take care of it. I take care of it. But the Lord said to me recently, I will take care of it because I am not you. And you need to trust me here. So look to what the Lord has to say about how I want you to live in your life. And one of the things that I became convicted of, not saying that I'm not telling anybody that what you're doing is different or wrong. You know, it's different. But in my walk, the Lord said, right now, I want you home. I want you to be with those kids more. And so we prayed, and miracles happened. The Lord opened doors and moved mountains. And within a week of saying that prayer, I was able to leave my full-time job and move into a part-time job that is super awesome. And I literally work 15 hours a week, and I can take the kids to work with me when I'm doing that. But we are trusting God that he will provide for us because he asked me to do this. And in me doing this, I've had so many people say, you are nuts. You left a bank job that was 40 hours a week making a lot of money and you had benefits and all of this and now you're going to go to a job and play for 15 hours a week and be home who's going to who's going to make sure your bills are paid who's going to make sure who's 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 god is going to make sure period and i'm trusting that and by me trusting that and living in such a way people are going to see the faithfulness of my god and i know that he will come through because he's done it before and his word says he's done it before, and God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Amen. Don't be afraid to live a bold, courageous life for the one who laid his whole life down for you, people. That's where I'm going with this. Can I get an amen? That was a big word right there. Let that soak in. Don't be afraid of living a bold, courageous life for the one who laid everything down for you. Amen. Woo! Holy Spirit fire. <laughs> you know, you just, back to that Facebook post where I posted, people, please tell me your five things. I found a lot of my friends who did not know the Lord yet. The first thing that they posted was happiness. Happiness was their first priority. What's good for me? What makes me happy? What, how I feel? Me, 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 me. But here's the thing about being a Christian. Once you make that choice to be an obedient son or a daughter, and you know that your purpose is to glorify an almighty living God, you can't live that way anymore. You just can't. Your purpose is to glorify the one who made you. And that means not me but him. Not me but him. And in my marriage, that means not me but him. And at my work, that means not me but them. 
And with my money, it means not me, but (laughs) y'all. You get it? You with me? It's a challenging message. It challenges me. And I know that I'm not 100% there yet, but that's the cool thing about Jesus. In my weakness, he's got it. And he is perfect. And I'm going to fail at this. I'm going to buy those cookies and I'm going to eat them in my closet when my kids aren't looking because I don't want to share. <laughs> That's just going to happen. There's going to be times where I'm like, man, I just want to sleep today. I don't want to do my devotional. Those things happen. The important part here is to come to the Lord, come back to the Lord, come back to the Lord, and let him know what's going on with you. You know, the Bible talks about David having a heart after God. And, like, he he was a rotten guy in the world, you know? Like, he did some really bad things. He was a, a responsible for a whole bunch of people dying. He had an affair. Like, he was just not a kosher dude. Like, when you think of God's treasured possession, his beloved, because that's what David means, beloved. You don't think about someone who would have done all of these things. But the thing that made David different was he knew whom he belonged to. He knew why he was created. And he came back to the Lord and he spilled his heart and he said, Lord, I love you and I want you to change me. And that's where Romans 12, 2 comes in. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're going to start here and you're going to be a human because we are. We all have those things. We all have that self that wants to be happy, that wants what we want. But as we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind, we are becoming more like Christ. And do you remember in the Bible when Jesus was talking to the people and he said, if you've seen me, you've seen my father? That's where we're walking to. We're walking from, hey, this is Nicole, to, hey, if you've seen me, you've seen my dad, because I know I was created for the purpose of glorifying my father. Amen? Isn't this where we want to be, church? And can you imagine if we were here, if we were all coming this way, the difference that would be made in our communities, the difference that would be made in our families, in our, in our church even, even in our church, if we all made this choice to say, less of me and more of you, God, less of me, more of you, God, less of me, all of you, that's it, that's all I want. Like the songs we were singing today, come be with me, burn this stuff out, come live in me. Well, let's live like we mean it, church. Let's live like, are you with me? Are you with me, church? Let's live like we mean it. Let's stop living like we're not set apart, treasured possessions. Let's be purposeful in moving forward in the direction of living a radical life for Jesus and showing the world the faithfulness of our Father. Give me an amen. That was good preaching. Amen. Amen. Let me get back to my notes. I got a little derailed. That was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, I like this up here. This is fun. <laughs> there are a lot, a lot, a lot of places where in the Bible we can find ways to pray for this sort of a life. One of my favorites that I love, love, love is in Psalms. Let me find my notes now that I'm all out of order. But it's like, created me a clean heart, O Lord. Whew, that's a big prayer. So there's a lot of things in my heart that aren't clean. Psalm 51, nine, ten. Psalm 51, 10. Let's turn there for a moment. Psalms are in the Old Testament. 
before Isaiah. Psalm 51. I love the Psalms. It's like David pouring his heart out to the Lord all the time. It's good stuff. Psalm 51.10 Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Steadfast. I will not be moved. This is my clean heart. I know I'm created to glorify my creator. Create in me a clean heart, Father, and help me to be steadfast, to say this is where I am and I will not be moved. Amen? Mm-hmm. Let me look up another one for you because I think it's real important for you to have these spiritual weapons for when you're feeling kind of over here in the me and the I. Have you ever seen Patty Space, little eye guy? Where's Patty at? Right, this a little eye. Me, me, I, I, I. We want to be over here. We want to be more of you. Hallelujah. Let me find you another weapon, another sword you can swing. That's what I tell Brody all the time. If you read God's word and you hide it in your heart, you've got a sword to swing. Amen? So when things are coming in, you're like, "Mm, I'm feeling a little of me. You've got a sword to swing. Thanks for your patience. Psalm 119, 10 and 11. Psalm 119, 10 and 11. With all of my heart I seek you. Do not let me stray from your commands. In my heart I treasure your promise. And the promise is that he loves you and you're safe and you're provided for and you're taken care of and that you're precious because you are. Isn't that nice that you can go back and you can say these words that are already written when you don't know what to say? And you can pray these things, and God will come and he will meet you, and he will help you because he knows you're human. (laughs) He knows you're human. He knows you're going to make mistakes, but he's looking for your heart. He's looking for the choice that you make afterwards, the obedience. It's a decision, and it's not always an easy decision, people. I'm here to tell you. It's not always an easy decision, but it's the choice. And even when we do make those choices, trials are going to come. Things are still going to be hard. We can make the choice to say, Lord, I trust you. Like with, with my job right now. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. Less of me, more of you. Less of me, more of you. Roadblock. Things get hard. Something happens. Our car explodes. I don't know. But we don't have the money that we need to make it through in this moment. Here's a choice. What do I do? Do I worry? Do I live in anxiety and fear? Because I can't take care of all of these things that I need done. Or do I make the choice to be transformed by the renewing of my mind to live in such a way that I'm glorifying my creator and I say, Lord, create in me a clean heart and help me be steadfast. I will not be moved because I know who you are and I'm going to trust you. Ooh, trust you. That's a hard one. But let's take a moment and look at our example that the Lord gave us, Jesus. He suffered for you. Y'all know that story. Leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. 
He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. And so if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. And Jesus didn't grumble or complain about the things that were coming at him. There was no deceit found in his mouth. And now I need to choose to be the obedient one and make the decision to continue following along on this path that is glorifying my Father. Ooh, that's hard. So we pray and we ask God for the strength to do that. We pray and we ask because, coming back to the original point, we are called to be set apart and different. We are called to be the example for a hurting world who doesn't understand this yet, who doesn't have their kingdom eye lookers on yet, and they can't see the situation from the viewpoint of our Heavenly Father who knows all things and will provide all things. Amen? We're to be the example, the set-apart, treasured possession. The rest of that there, that scripture actually that I was reading, 1 Peter 2.19 is where that Christ suffered for you business came from. Instead, he entrusted himself to he who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. For you were like sheep who had gone astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So Jesus trusted that God would have things figured out because he is the judge who judges justly. It's not about me having to figure all of this out on my own. It's not about me striving and stressing and being anxious and saying, I I choose you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Let's do this together. I'm with you. And what an example that sets in the world and what a precedence that brings to the world to explain who God is and to glorify him. And I really particularly like this part. You have returned to your shepherd. So, like... Let's think about shepherding for a minute. Are the sheep in charge of the flock or is the shepherd in charge of the flock? The shepherd is. And so the shepherd will protect and trust and guide and all of these things for the sheep. And I'm a sheep in the shepherd's flock. I don't have to strive and stress. Do not be anxious in anything, right? Be anxious in nothing. That is cool. And that's probably my favorite part of this whole message, other than um, treasured possession, because that's pretty nice, too. I don't have to work. And when the work part gets taken out of it, who, baby, is stress-free land. Like, it's so nice. You become free. You become free. And when you're following God and you're living this life that he's put you on and your mind's being transformed so you know what his will is and his His will is good, and it is perfect, and it is peaceful, and you're moving in this direction, and you're not worrying about the stuff, the stress, all of this. You look different. Do you know stress ages you so much? Like gray hair, wrinkles. It stresses you out. And then you physically look like the rest of the world. You even physically look like the rest of the world. You are called to be set apart You are called to look different, and you are called to be the glory of your heavenly Father. Who needs wrinkles when I am a treasured possession, amen? I don't want no wrinkles, and wrinkle cream is expensive. It's not in my Dave Ramsey budget. (laughs) So what I'm saying, church, is that if you can 
allow this to happen and consciously make this choice. Consciously make the choice to be plugged in like you are a nightlight. And you have to plug into the socket to be able to shine, right? Continuously plugging in. There will be fruit in your life that will be evident and visible to the world, right? There's a scripture, and let's turn to this one. John 15, 4, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So we're in the New Testament, fourth gospel. Because we want to have a sword to swing, amen? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John 15. John fifteen four. Remain in me and I will remain in you. That's a big promise, number one, before we go any further. If you make the conscious choice to remain in him, because that's the first thing he said, he will remain in you, meaning he won't ever leave you. His power is in you, period. Okay, moving on. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Stop. If you are a branch, you can't bear fruit by yourself. If you are a nightlight and you're not plugged into the socket, you're not going to shine. That's just science. We're talking science in church. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So if you're not plugged in and you're not consciously going and having relationship with the Lord, you're not going to bear fruit and you're not going to look like this set apart. Right? Apart from the Lord, you will be fruitless. You can try and try and try and strive and strive and strive and do and work and do and go, go, go. But unless you're plugged in, I love you, but it's not going to happen. That's a hard lesson. That was a hard lesson for me to learn because I'm a doer, worker, striver, stressor. Any of you guys doer, worker, striver, stressors? Come on, I know there's more of you doer, worker, striver, stressors. We got to be plugged in, church. We got to be abiding in him so that he may abide in us. We can show fruit. We can live like the treasured possessions and be set apart. I can't say set apart more than what what I am. You are called to be different. You are his treasured possessions. He created you for his glory. You are so loved. You are so loved by someone who died to know you. And because Jesus has given us that opportunity We need to be obedient, and we need to make the decision to live in that. Amen? So I challenge you with that today, church. Are you with me? Are you feeling like you're in a place where you can be bold, and you can live that life and say, I will not be moved. I know what my purpose is, and I will not be moved. I might suck at it sometimes. I might fail. I'm going to make mistakes, but I know that the Lord loves me, and he is faithful to forgive me when I come to him and I confess what's going on because he already knew it, and he's going to take care of it. Jesus already took care of it. 
not meaning you should continue sinning. Let, let me hit this one real quick before I go any further. Because sin abounds, does that mean grace should abound that much more? Mm-mm. It's your choice. Don't take advantage of it, is what I'm saying. Don't know that God's got me covered. Jesus died on the cross. I'm going to do what I want. He's going to forgive me. Okay. Bye, Felicia. No. Goodbye, cookie. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Right? I know who I'm created to be. Let that stuff go. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Are you ready? Are you ready to do this? We have a very big thing coming up next weekend, church. And not just next weekend with Charles. But we've got prayer meetings that are going on every Thursday. 10 o'clock? 11? Noon to 1? Every Thursday? I'm learning. We're working on it. (laughs) Noon to 1 every Thursday. This place should be packed. Because God's will can't move in this world unless his people are his hands and his feet. And guess what? That's us. So let's be bold. Let's rise up. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's commit to small groups. Let's commit to being here when it's time to turn the lights on in the morning. Let's commit to waking up in the morning and spending five minutes with God doing our devotional. Let's commit to living this radical, crazy life that looks crazy to the world, but you know it's on that path to Jesus. Are you with me? Are you with me? I don't think so. Come on, are you with me? Let's pray. Come on and stand up. Thanks for letting me be bold today, church. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. In Matthew 4, 19, he said, come follow me. And he didn't just mean with your feet. He meant with your time, your emotions, your decisions, your life. You follow him in your relationships, your finances, your career, your cooking and cleaning, if that's what you're doing. But your every day, you choose to follow him with your everything. You have been set apart. You are, you are loved. Now let's rise up and live like it. Let your life declare his truths and his love, and let's change the world and be history makers by knowing who you are and living like it. Let's go, church. Let us pray. Lord, I want you, and I desire to know you. Give me a passion. Increase in me. Show me my purpose. Invade my life Like the bride to the bridegroom, I am here to be your helpmeet, Lord. I lay down my life. This is a bold one, and only pray it with me if you seriously mean it, because this is the point of no return. You're making this choice, and you will not be moved. I lay down my life in order that your will can come to pass. You've made me for so much more than what I've got right now. Help me to get out of the way and let your plans and purposes come to pass. Father, we want to see things through kingdom eyes. Open our eyes, O Lord. Open the eyes of our hearts. 
the eyes of our understanding. Help us to abide in you that you may abide in us, Father, because we want to live that powerful, resurrection-filled life. Hallelujah. We want your kingdom here. Revive our hearts, O God. Thank you for setting us free from the pain and the stress and the struggle of the world. And thank you, Lord, that as we draw near to you, we are flooded, flooded with your perfect peace and your unfailing love. I choose you, God. I choose you over all the world has to offer. Because you are so much better. You are greater than anything that this world has. I want you, Lord, fill me with your spirit that I may be the hands and the feet of your kingdom. That I would live in such a way that people will see you and come to know your character because they have seen you in me. In Jesus' mighty, powerful name, amen.